Welcome to the Rogue Ballerina Podcast. I'm Vicki, aka Rogue, and I'll be dishing on dance diva style. I started covering dance in Chicago in 2008 and launched my blog, Rogue Ballerina, in 2009. You could say I'm the OGRB. Since then, I've continued writing about arts and culture for many outlets and have met amazing people from around the world. Join me as I chat with some of the artists I've had the pleasure to get to know. We'll talk about their careers, what they're up to now, and anything else that comes up. Thanks for listening. Let's go Rogue! Welcome to episode 18 and the first episode of season two of the Rogue Ballerina podcast. Who knew? Thanks for uh, sticking with me for this first season and while I was figuring everything out. And if you're new to the pod, subscribe and you can catch up on season one. My guest today is Sarah Bibick. Sarah was a founding member of River North Dance Chicago and dancer with the company for 10 years. She was then named workshop director and artistic administrator, working in that capacity for another 16 years. Passionate about training and mentoring future generations of dancers, Sarah has served as guest faculty for Hubbard Street Dance Chicago, Chicago National Association of Dance Masters, and the Virginia School of the Arts. She spent a semester as guest faculty at Western Kentucky University and currently teaches full-time in the Chicagoland area as well as guest teaching throughout the country. Sarah is the Dance360 Program Director at DanceWorks Chicago, producing holistic workshops for aspiring professional dancers. Working to normalize diversity in ballet, she created Skin Tones, a project that provides educational fine art prints and posters featuring dancers of all skin tones performing classical ballet positions. Sarah is also the producer and owner of Joy, ballet coloring pages, celebrating all humanity for young dancers. To learn more, visit her website at sarahbibickdance.com. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to the Rogue Ballerina podcast. Thanks for being on the show today. Hey, thanks so much for having me, Vicki. I'm really excited, super honored, super humbled to be part of the podcast and, and to be talking to you today. Awesome, thank you. So I know we do a little prelim. I send you topics and questions and we kind of back and forth a little bit. You know, we gotta prepare people. Um, and I always start with how we met and I thought Mark Schultz obviously introduced us and you said, you don't think we've ever really met. Can that be true? <laughs> now I'm older. So there By are things that year. I forget. Come on. Um, but I, it's, from in my mind, you are just this like super cool chick marketing blogger <laughs> before it just you're like the first one to do that. And then you were like my my dear old friend's best friend that I just like would watch them on social media by afar, like the cool things you were doing. <laughs> and like and it was so funny listening to your podcasts like I kind of remember maybe hooking you up at River North with like different people. I'm sure, but yes. But I don't think I don't think we've ever met. That's is that would crazy. That would be my guess. Yeah. I know we've probably been in the same room a hundred times. I know I've been in rehearsals watching when you were running them, but probably in the corner taking notes and then sneaking off to interview someone or you know right. that's so crazy because I feel like I've known you forever too. So hi. Same, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it's Yay. dancing in the circle. Now yeah. we know each other virtually, at least, right? I love it. <laughs> My first memory of you, and I can't remember if it was 
when River North was on tour to like Decatur or Springfield, Illinois. I grew up down in Decatur. Um, or if it was when I moved here in 1998, but it was seeing River North perform and it was you and I'm going to say Stephanie, maybe Sherry doing vent. Stephanie. And I was like, holy shit. <laughs> like, this is the coolest thing I've ever seen. These are two badasses. Oh. Like, yeah. And I, it had to have been before I moved here because I'd been planning on moving here anyway. And I'd seen Randy Duncan come down, you know, and I, he, he taught at my little ballet company and I had seen River North and I had seen Giordano and I had seen Joffrey even. So I was like, well, I got to get to Chicago, you know? Well, this is where it was happening. Yeah. And I was a jazz baby. So that piece just blew my mind. Like you guys were so cool. (laughs) It was so cool. Right. So that was, um, Vent was choreographed by Sherry Zunker mm-hmm. and it was choreographed on Stephanie and I. Okay. And yeah, we really did it all over the country. Um, it was phenomenally, it was great. It was powerful to do. And yeah, people would come up to me and go like after in the lobby and go like, yeah, I totally know how you feel. Right. <laughs> Which was such a great, I mean, the greatest compliment ever, yeah. ever. Um, I mean, we can talk about that later with my teaching, but like, yeah. I don't want anybody to come up to one of my students or something and say like, Hey, you were really good. But the greatest compliment is to say, Oh my gosh, I really felt what you felt or that I right. understood that or that, you know, that that's really a super compliment. So yeah. awesome. It, it was so, it was, yeah, you could just feel the energy like oozing off the stage. It was such a great piece and we can come back around to that again, but I want to scoot back to mini Sarah. And can you just kind of walk us through, it is really, this is your life. Like when you started dancing and kind of your, your pathway, your journey to get to Chicago and then what happened? I grew up in a little town in Wisconsin called Manitowoc, Wisconsin. Shout out to Gene Wolfmeyer and the Gene Wolfmeyer dancing school. Um, <laughs> It was a little town of, it is a little town of about 30,000, 35,000 people. There was, at the time that I grew up, there was one dancing teacher, Jean Wolfmeyer. And so, you know, like many little girls and mostly little girls, a couple boys, um, if you went to dancing school, you went to Jean. Um, and of like the many, you know, so there's a lot of luck involved in my life and there's a lot of mentors and a lot of teachers, but it, it, it was just, dumb luck that this woman happened to be like the greatest teacher of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, she has created, <laughs> been a part of developing, uh, and I, I will say without hesitation, like the most uh, diverse and the most number of professional dancers like in the country. Oh, wow. You know, from the, right, from the time you're four, you know, like New York City Ballet, like you come to them kind of baked in, in a lot of ways. You know, you go to her by the time when you're four, and it was Sherry Zunker came from Gene Wolfmeyer. Um, But, you know, dancers with on Broadway, dancers with Houston Ballet, dancers, uh, there's been a Rockette who's been uh, uh, Melissa Hilmer, shout out Melissa. Um, She's been a Rockette for 25 years. Um, Jazz, ballet, musical theater, like just the range of things of of people that she created was amazing. one of the greatest things that she did, Jean, was kicked us out. You know, at a certain <laughs> time, she would say, like, she was just insistent that you go and 
um, you go to master classes, you go to summer programs, you go away, you go away. Her, she hated if if you stayed around as a, as a teenager or as a high schooler. So um, when I was a junior in high school, I was accepted into uh, a um, boarding school, a uh, performing arts high school called the National Academy of Arts, which existed. It was in Champaign, Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, it doesn't exist anymore, but um, I went there my junior and senior year. Um, and then, you know, a lot of my life, dancing life, has been kind of um, insisting that, how do I want to say it? Like, I could have been a teacher at any time along my life. I'm a passionate teacher. I love teaching. Um, but really, I could have, like, stayed at my hometown and, and taken over her business. And she, you know, community would have been happy. She would have been happy. When I went to North, uh, the um, National Academy of Arts, after my senior year, they were, you know, getting people prepared for auditions. And they asked me to teach at the school. Oh, nice. So I stayed, right, super nice. Um, so it was like, you know, that was kind of my second time of like, okay, I'll, I guess I'll teach. Like, that's what I'll do. So I taught there for a year. Um, and I'm like a young graduate. So I was 18 that year. And then I was like, you know, I really going to try to give this dancing thing a try. Like I can teach, you know, a lot of my life. I'm going to really go try to be a professional. So I moved up to Chicago. I got um, auditioned and got accepted into the scholarship program at Giordano's and um, was an Evanston baby um, when they were up in (laughs) Evanston and spent two years there. And really, from the time I was uh, on scholarship there, I mean, I was always auditioning for the company and really just wanted that so badly. And I use the example all the time, like, you know, I wished upon a star and threw pennies into every pond and blew out the <laughs> candles. And I was always wishing, you know, to get to get that job. Um, but I was always teaching then as well. You know, I did Dunkin Donuts. I did coffee shops. I did all. But then I was always teaching, you know, three, four nights a week as well. And after being on scholarship there for two years, um, Nan was always very nice to me. And then in the end, I always just say that that book and that movie She's just not that into me. <laughs> you know, it wasn't anything yeah. personal. It wasn't yeah. anything against my dancing or anything. Nan and I are still good friends, still chat, still talk. It just wasn't going to happen. I just wasn't her kind of dancer. Yeah. And she wasn't mean about it. She wasn't, it was just like not the right fit. It was yeah. just not the right fit. Yeah. So, but guess what? I taught there <laughs> as I was teaching there and then I continued. So my after two years there, then I was teaching there and just trying to figure out like, well, maybe I'm just going to be a teacher and not just, I'm going to be a teacher, but I guess I'm not going to be a dancer. Mm-hmm. And then this was in the mid eight, the uh, late eighties in 1986, 87, um, at the height of the AIDS crisis mm-hmm. and, um, just teachers. I, I, you know, talk about COVID like that, like, teachers were just like dying and directors and choreographers and um just a a heartbreakingly awful time and one of my dear what happened to be one of my dear teachers had gone um to teach at a university western kentucky university Uh, his name was jeffrey mildenstein uh just a beloved teacher and he had gone to teach there and uh was dying of aids 
and the uh, dean of dance there called Giordano's and said, do you have a teacher? You know, I don't know wh what it was, if it was denial or hope or whatever, you know, we just need to teach her till Jeffrey gets better. Yeah. Right. And so they said, how about Sarah? And so at 21, I went to go be a professor um, at Western Kentucky University. Great experience, loved it. Um, and then Jeffrey passed away while I was there. And so the spot opened up. So I applied for a job. I was one of the top three candidates. And again, I, I went into the interview and I was like, you know what? I, I really just have to give this dancing thing a try. Yeah. You know, like kind of for the third time in my life, I was 21. And um, so moved back to Chicago and uh, auditioned for, and I, Vicki, I've gotten, and this is for all of you kids out there, I've, I've gotten a job from one audition in my whole life. Whatever the case, was I a terrible auditioner? Was I, who knows what? All of my jobs I've gotten through knowing people and networking and people knowing me from class or people knowing me from another gig. But <laughs> I um, was accepted to the Linda Martha Dance Company. And Linda Martha was a small modern company up in Evanston, Illinois. And um, I was really excited about uh, the job and it was great. She was great and wonderful group of people. Um, and so I did that for a year and you may in your the life of uh, Rogue Podcast interview Sherry Zunker, and she might tell you a different story about this, but this <laughs> is the true story okay. about how I got involved with River North. Um, <laughs> so I was, uh, Linda Martha, I had been done it a year. And then during the second year, she was kind of starting to pull back and, you know, maybe think about closing the company. And so we were, we, we were rehearsing a little bit less and I heard about Sherry Zunker might be kind of taking over this River North thing. She was married at the time to a guy named Mark Dow. Mm -hmm. And um, he was a commercial work, you know, did commercial dance stuff in, in the city and kind of had this group and it was called River North and she was going to kind of take it over. And Sherry, and this will make me cry, is just one of the dear my mentors you talked about mentors and i mean i would have followed her off of the end of the earth and just i admired her so much and she had been a teacher of mine at giordano's mm -hmm. and um i heard she was going to be taking over and on my birthday that year i gave myself the gift to something i would like never do i i don't think email was a thing at the time i probably left a message on her machine and said, Sherry, I heard you taking over this company. There was she was there was going to be an audition, mm -hmm. and I couldn't make the audition because of I was rehearsing with Linda. And I said, I heard you taking over. I can't I can't be at the audition. I would love to be part of it in any way. And and true, I would have. And this is the the honest truth. I I'll I'll dance. I'll be uh, understudy. I'll teach class. I'll run the music. I'll. Um, write notes, I'll clean, I'll really, really yeah. whatever she wanted, I, I wanted to be a part of it. Mm -hmm. And uh, she said, oh, Sarah, you can be in the company. <laughs> <laughs> so again, she knew me, so it wasn't that big right. of a deal. But um, at the time, 
River North wasn't paying anybody. So to have somebody come to rehearsals was not that big of a deal. Right. So for her to say, of course you can come, wasn't the way it ended up to be, you know, <laughs> where you had to audition. And yeah. I would have never gotten into River North had I had to audition later on in the years. I don't but think um, that's, true. that's uh, well, I ran those auditions and I know <laughs> that I would not have gotten past the ballet audition. So who else was in that first group of River North? Uh, uh, let me think. So uh, Stephanie Martinez, Mark Gomez, Wilfredo Rivera, oh, yeah. Kelly Tong. Um, was Harrison in there yet? Harrison wasn't there that first year. So our first year, we rehearsed on Sundays. And it was an official company because we had been hired by Urban Gateways mm -hmm. to do school shows. So we would go out six dancers at a time at that time four no it was six at that time and like i said we didn't get paid for rehearsals but we would get paid every time we went to do a school show and so um we had to build a rep only because uh well we need we put together the school show but then at the end of that year urban gateways wanted us to do a one hour i think it was one hour a concert that they would bust the school kids in and so we had to build a rep and so that's why we rehearsed on Sundays. And um, so we did that show. And then because we had the show up, Sherry said, well, why don't we do this for the public? And so we rented out Lynx Hall. And I say we, Sherry did it all. She rented out Lynx Hall and Vicky, we sold Lynx out. Hall, the teeny tiny one in Wrigleyville. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> sold out though, Vicky. Well, of course. 70 seats. <laughs> and then... If I'm not mistaken, we added a show. Nice. <laughs> and I we almost came to sell out that show. And Harrison came to that show. That's okay. why I know he wasn't in the first year. He okay. came to that show at Lynx Hall and, you know, really loved it. And so came on, you know, soon after that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was amazing. We did Sherry's work. Sherry had brought in Frank Chavez to do a piece. Um, which P.S. we weren't good enough to do by the time show came, so we didn't actually do Frank's piece. Um, uh, Sam Watson, uh, that was really super fun acting stuff. Um, Ginger Farley oh, choreographed yeah. in that first show, um, and then a couple of Mark Dow's pieces. So mm -hmm. yeah, it was it was phenomenal. I mean, we were superstars. Yeah, you really were in our own minds. <laughs> no, and we then it grew to be that you were really superstars. We just love dancing so much. You know, it was, um, it was, we, the f company was forming. And I guess anybody who um, joins a company or, you know, group or follows a choreographer at the beginning, you know, you're not doing it for the paycheck. You're not doing it for dancing at the auditorium. You're not doing it for the touring. You're doing it because you just love dancing. And yeah. so, like, how can that not come out? Um, we just loved dancing. We loved each other and we loved Sherry. Yeah. Um, and she had such a great vision and she was so, uh, passionate and so selfless. She didn't, she didn't make any money that first year either. Uh, we split the door. I didn't tell you that part. We sold out <laughs> at Lynx Hall and we split the door and that includes Sherry. Wow. And we got like $35 and we yeah. thought we were the bee's knees. Right. Um, cause we were, um, <laughs> But yeah, that's how, I mean, you asked me and I went off. So that's, that's yeah. my story. That's perfect. And then how long were you with the company? 
I danced for the company for uh, 10 years. Okay. Um, I was with the company until literally, I was literally the last employee out. I danced with the company for 10 years. And then I kept going, uh, running workshops for another 16. Oh, wow. Okay. <clears throat> and you were administrative something, right? I was many things. I was, things. I was yeah. uh, like a rehearsal director, director to the, uh, assistant to the, to the, um, artistic director. I was tour manager. A couple of years, I was the wardrobe mistress. Um, <laughs> I, I, I kind of did whatever they needed yeah. and whatever I thought I could do. Um, not like, oh, I think I can do this, but you yeah. know, they asked me to do things that that I was capable of doing. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. And then, um, what what made you decide to stop dancing? Oh, that's a good question. Um, I'm actually going to go back a little bit back when I was 10. Um, <laughs> when you asked like what, how yeah. I got started. And I I'll, always think that's an interesting question when people say like, why did you start dancing? And I think so many of us just start dancing because our parents put us into it. You know, there's people um, who get into it very consciously uh, more as a teenager or in college or something. But a lot of us, especially females, um, get into it very young when our parents do. So a really interesting question always that I like to ask is why did you stay in dancing? Mm. Um, and I was 12 years old and I remember thinking like, that's about the age, especially for women that you kind of have to go all in or not, you yeah. know? And, um, I, I wrote a poem, Vicki, I got to dance. I think I do. It's hard to tell if I'm gifted too. I'm not gonna go through the whole thing, but I literally wrote That's a poem. Awesome. Like, and I, rem <laughs> I remember thinking, I at least have to try. And I am the least likely person to have succeeded as a dancer. Physically, I had no, I had no gifts. I didn't have the money. I didn't come from any fancy school. Um, I just kept going. I just, and I didn't um, I didn't really have any illusions like I needed to dance with ABT or nothing, mm -hmm. or I just loved, I just wanted to keep dancing. Yeah. Um, so I just really had that passion. I just, I loved it. I loved class, I loved rehearsal. Um, I was terrified to be on stage, um, but I loved it. That's, and then, that's interesting. I was too. I used oh, to throw up backstage. I'd be so nervous. Oh, it was yeah. terrible. Yeah. In the many discussions I've had with you already in my head <laughs> as I'm yeah. walking, you know, having this, you know, one of the things was about stage fright. But uh, to answer your question, so I was, it had danced for, uh, again, for 10 years. So I was in my early 30s. I had been married for a couple of years. Um, my body was hurting, not terrible, not injured. Yeah. It just achy and it was harder to get to do things. Um, and I, I, I don't wanna say easily could have kept going, but I would have needed to have done more I, Pilates on a regular basis. I was doing some yoga, but yoga on a regular basis, physical therapy on a regular basis. And I, again, I was teaching the whole time I was passionate about teaching. I had a husband. We were interested in having children at some point. I, so I was in my 
early 30s. So that's, you know, you're thinking about that time clock. And the the rep of the company was changing to be much more athletic. Mm-hmm. And I uh, has have a very womanly shape. I don't kick my face. I don't spin a lot. I don't get up and down off the floor like a breeze. Um, yeah. And I just wasn't going to be thriving in the rep. Yeah. And um, I just, at one point, I remember distinctly, it was in this house, I was in my bathroom, and I just remember thinking, um, I'm not going to get any better than I am right now. And that's when I knew then it was time. Yeah. And I was really... <clears throat> grateful so that was <laughs> i'm a planner vicky you may or may not know this about me and that was like in the like the winter like in january let's say of my ninth season and so i said next season my 10th season would be my last mm-hmm. and so i got to have a last season yeah and how blessed because a lot of people don't a lot of people get fired more likely they get injured um but i got to have i call it my senior year so (laughs) my last day of my final season i got to say this is my last first day and my last this and i got to really appreciate the things that i would miss and i got to say i'm really not going to miss this yeah and so i really got to take stock that whole last year um and so I really went out um, satisfied and blessed and humbled and happy. And um, I couldn't have asked for a, a better retirement. Yeah. Can you talk about some of the some of the works that were highlights for you or some of the choreographers that you worked with that that meant a lot to you? Um, absolutely. Um, I mentioned a bunch of them in that first year. And you know, as, as I was thinking about it again, cause I've had this conversation with you several times in my head already. Um, <laughs> me too. <laughs> I, I thought, you know, like I thought, okay, Frank Chavez or like, I didn't do, oh, I didn't do their work. I didn't do their work. And, you know, that was there when I was there and I was rehearsing it, but really the work that I did personally, again, Ginger Farley was super fun to work with. Um, I don't think I ever satisfied what she wanted, but I tried ginger. I tried, I tried. Um, Sam Watson was super fun. It was a lot of acting. His stuff was super theatrical. That was really fun. Um, I did get to do several Frank Chavez work. Frank, it was amazing, uh, to work with, to work with him. Um, but hands down, I'm seeing crying. I'm going to cry. (laughs) <laughs> hands down no questions asked it was really anything that sherry's uncle asked me to do yeah um when i retired actually i wrote her a note and said um that when i remember my my time dancing the pieces that i will remember myself like where i felt the best and felt like i could express myself the most was in her work and when people remembered me dancing i hope they remember me doing her work yeah so vent you already talked about um a duet i got to do with stephanie martinez and i'll tell you what again uh, for the kids out there vent came about because frank wanted to do a piece called temporal trance a great work 
and he wanted to use this X number of people and he wanted to use these people. So he had, you know, he had the list and Stephanie and I weren't being used. So Cher was like, well, what could, you know, what can I do with these two and had this idea in her mind and that's how Ven came about. So, and it was a great phenomenal piece to do and um, it was technical and it was hard and it was uh, acting and it was, emotional and it was great um i got to do uh many times um uh, i i i um man that got away a piece mm -hmm. that sherry had done for herself for the very first um jazz dance world congress that uh, giordano's put on for many years um and i got to do that piece um, when I was retiring, Frank and Sherry, who were co-directing the company at the time, asked me, again, it's so humbling, so unbelievably crazy, you know, what I would like to do for my last show. And I asked if I could do Man That Got Away. Oh, um, nice. That was a piece that meant a lot to me. Yeah, it was super nice. Um, oh, I forgot to say, we got to do several Randy Duncan pieces that were yeah. really great to do. Um, that was in my last show as well. Um, but yeah, Sherry's Sherry's work was 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 great. So the, and the two um, pictures, if those of you who are listening who aren't on social media, you should be, and you should be following Rogue, Rogue Ballerina. Mm -hmm. The two pictures that you posted were both from Sherry pieces. Oh, okay. Um, one was called Zibwas, which was super fun to do. Again, I was just racked by nerves for that one. Um, I just remember the, the piece started, I was in that white suit and I, the piece started where I had to come out in front of the curtain, like dance on the apron. And I just remember thinking, please don't let me fall. Please don't let me fall. Please let me fall. And then the second piece that's, uh, that you posted was it from a piece called So In Love. And So In Love had almost no dancing in it. <laughs> it was <laughs> acting and this chair and this hat and this, these coats and we were in pumps we were in high heel pumps and i just remember thinking i am gonna fall down <laughs> like i just didn't trust myself at all yeah. um but that piece also so in love was great to do uh just made just helped make you feel super sensual and elegant and powerful and i mean what nice things to feel yeah um there is two quick things Mark Schultz actually did The Man Who Got Away, or The Man That Got Away once. Yes, he did. The only time he performed with River North, he told me that last week. Hey. And he told me this a, a long time ago, like early aughts probably. He said that Sarah Ayers, because he calls you by your full name, Sarah right. Ayers told him probably back in Giordano days that always have a secret that you're keeping from the audience. And that was that was what made everybody. He thought that was what made everybody focus on you when you were dancing because you had some secret that they wanted to know what it was. Do you remember that's, that? That's yeah, yeah. No, that's really great, and uh, that comes directly from Gene Wolfmeyer. Okay. Through Sherry Zonker, through Sarah Bebek, Sarah okay. Ayers, <laughs> knee Ayers, yeah, yeah. Um, but no, that's a really n nice thing for. Um, I think for dancers to have on stage um, and not a secret like nefarious, but right. secret, like a nice secret, like, like, you know, what present you got somebody 
and you're going to open it on Christmas Day. <laughs> and just that like little twinkle. Yeah. So it's a secret that somebody's going to be happy once they found out. Yeah. Not like I know who your brother slept with. Um, but <laughs> just that like. Yeah. Um, Gives you that allure, that, mis that mysterious right. quality to, yeah. Well, and I, yes, I guess, yeah, allure and mysterious. But I also think it's just kind of hopeful and excited and um because that's to me that's that's like a perfect thing like i ha i know what i got you for christmas or mm -hmm. i can't wait to give you this gift and just that feeling you get um it's also makes you 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 look like you're thinking about somebody else not right. like i'm feeling so sexy or i'm feeling mysterious right. but yeah. i'm thinking about something i'm thinking about you um yeah. and that's a that's a neat thing to think about um so yeah, that's neat that Mark remembered that. That's cool. Yeah. yeah, he told me that a long time when we were both still kind of dancing for you know drag queens and such. Whoever would pay. <laughs> yeah, you know, or not pay in some cases, right? <laughs> that's the way it works. The dance world is changing. How do you create an inclusive classroom that supports all students? Cultivating Better Tomorrow's online course cultural awareness for dance educators will help you understand how to build welcoming spaces. Rogue Ballerina listeners get 10% off with code Rogue. That's R-O-G-U-E. Visit us at cultivatingbettertomorrows.org. The Furry Princess, a tale about a princess with a tail. This children's book follows Princess Sasha, a tiger about to receive her royal tiara as she makes new friends and finds self-confidence by learning ballet. Follow Sasha on her journey to become the Furry Princess. Available for purchase at thefurryprincess.com. Can we talk about teaching? You've mentioned multiple times already that you're super passionate about teaching. Why? What is it about that? Because I used to teach and eh. I could take it or leave it. And I left it. So what is that? Because that's fascinating to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess if you believe in a higher power, you know, it's that thing like, why do I like blue? Or why do I like, I don't, I, I actually don't know. It'd be, it'd be, an, it, I, I guess it would be an important thing for me to, to think about. <laughs> why, why did that passion or that gift come to me? But I really have always had it. And I think that as I, I joked before, like people kept wanting to hire me to teach and I kept having to push to, to dance for a little while. Mm -hmm. um, but I think part of it was that they could tell that I really loved it. Um, yeah. I love the art of dance. I love, I really do love kids. Kids are, or and people are fascinating to me like when they work, when they don't work, what makes them pull back, what makes them stand up, what do they, uh, you know, are they listening to the music or do, do they like to learn the combination? Do they like, it's, they're just, people are just interesting to me. Um, there is a certainly a part of it that I like to be um, in charge, like in the studio, you're in charge. Like, even mm -hmm. though I, I don't wanna own my own studio, that's not the kind of in charge I, I like, right. but in the studio, I mean, it's, it's a performance in a lot of ways. Like you're running the energy and you're kind of, you're in charge. And certainly the combinations in ballet, I, I teach 
you know, every combination you're teaching again and you're, you choreograph those combinations to teach. Um, so there's something about that that I like. Um, of course, that's devastating when things are going crappy. <laughs> like, well, that's me. I'm the one in charge. Right. Um, but um, there is an element of, um, you know, I get to, I, and, and that I think also was a reason that retiring was quite easy for me is because I had something that I loved so much the next yeah. day. Right. Literally on Monday, I think I went to go sub the company class at Harbor Street. Like, yeah. I mean, what a gift it was. <laughs> so it wasn't like I was, it's, I think it's much harder to leave into a vast empty pit of what, what's next. Yeah. Um, I not only knew what I was going to do next, I was so happy to be doing it. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question. Um, as much as, as teaching and dancing is so fascinating, like why does this work and why doesn't this work? And I have to pull up here more. If I push this shoulder forward, I can get my double. Or if I don't pull this back, I, I can't or landing or this as much fascinating as dancing can be. Teaching is like that too. And I'm always interested to, I just got a new thing yesterday. I was talking to the dancers about, and I can't wait to like make a little thing about it and um so it's it's endlessly fascinating and interesting and um so i just am so lucky that i have this next thing that i love so much yeah i love that yeah do you have a specific style teaching style or i don't know um i you know my dad was a coach my dad was a gym teacher um, who became a wood carver. Uh, he was an artist and didn't know it. Um, but I think I, for, for a long time, I was, you know, and I, at the beginning, I taught a lot of jazz and a lot of tap. And mm-hmm. um, that's, you have, you're up dancing. You know, as Ethan said, like, you, you're up performing really the whole time. Right. Ballet, you don't have to do that as much. Yeah. Um and as I'm getting older, I'm re- it's really like those those kids who I teach jazz to really deserve to have young a younger person in front of the room. Um, that I can really see, um, it, and that's a that's hard. That's like retiring from dancing. Like yeah. retiring from teaching jazz is really hard to wrap my heart around. Um, but it's I'm getting to the feeling like it's not fair to my kids. Like they yeah. deserve to have somebody younger. Um, but active i am up i'm loud and i i think that's kind of like being around sports like yeah. a coach kind of a yeah. thing um i was watching somebody teach recently and she sat in that chair the whole time i was like i am way too active now part of that was like she's getting paid the same month you know and i i gotta sit yeah. down but i'll tell you what the the lesson really was i gotta let my dancers do it like i can't like pull like like a puppet like i've got to give them the information inspire them but i've got to let it sit and simmer and let them do it if i'm up and in in energy and working around i'm not letting them be themselves so that was a really great lesson so Mm -hmm. um hopefully my style is always 
learning and always getting better. Um, but I can see myself teaching more and more ballet and point as I'm getting older. Um, how has teaching during COVID been? How was uh, that? Challenging, yeah. of course. Um, I, I, I'm really lucky I teach for really great people. I, at this point, I teach um, at two different studios. Um, they both dealt with it differently, and they both dealt with it perfectly for their communities. Um, so one studio, we went Zoom Monday. Mm-hmm. Like, Saturday was our last day, and closed down. We started Zoom on Monday and did our full class, our full hours on Zoom. The other teacher said, no way. We we stopped everything, and she took those seven weeks, and we just put them in June and, and okay. July of that year. Yeah. Um, so... Teaching on Zoom was was hard. Uh, it was necessary. I was really glad to be doing it. Uh, the kids needed it. I needed it. Um, and you know, we we learned. Uh, we learned we couldn't. Obviously, you can't do the same stuff. But we got to do different things. I got to show them. Uh, I said, "Well, this is the time." I always think we should be watching Revelations, but I never want to take the time out of class to do it. Well, guess what? We're sitting to watch yeah. essential viewing. So we, I, you know, we watched a lot of different things. I, I am always a person who's been uh, bringing other activities into class, um, but I brought in more ballet. We got ballet Jeopardy. I played and different acting games, and so we just did this the best we could, as yeah. as really everybody did, and everybody did it in a different way. Um, then it, you know then we came back now i'll also tell you this the day the saturday uh i taught thursday at one studio we didn't know what was going on yet right then the next day on friday i got the note from my saturday studio that said don't say anything to the kids but tomorrow is going to be our last day in person we're going to have to go on Zoom next week. So I taught that Saturday and I was so emotional. Like, holy crap, I love this so much. This feeds me so much. I love this so much. Um and honest to God, cuz you want honesty, Vicky, is that right? Is that what your email said? Always. I was mad <laughs> that God gave me this passion that was so, I don't want to say unnecessary, but you know, it wasn't essential mm. and it could go away so easily. And it's like, why did you, you know, I couldn't, you know, want to cure cancer. I couldn't be a farmer. I couldn't do something that was really going to help people. You know what I mean? It was, mm-hmm. but it was, um, so one thing, you know, midlife almost was this new renewed sense of how much I really do like this and how much it's, how much is important to me. And then through the whole thing, like how important it is to the kids. Yeah. Um, just really important. That's nice. Yeah. A lot of people to kind of re re reevaluate and you just reaffirmed what you already knew. Yeah. I already knew it. But, you know, there was uh, more days than, than should have been. 
of like drudgery or like, oh, I got to do this or I got to choreograph or another complaining, complain, 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 complain. So it helped, you know, clean that closet yeah. of all those complaints. Right. And so you also, not only do you teach at two studios, but you also work for DanceWorks with Julie Nakagawa. I do. And in the same building where you danced and worked for River North. So that's lovely. That's that exactly right. Delivery the Center, stage. shout yeah. out. Uh, and you are the program director for the Dance 360. I know nothing about this. Tell tell oh, awesome. us about yeah. Tell us tell us about this and what your what what work you're doing. Fantastic. So um, Dance Three Sixty is the branch of Dance Work Chicago that is the uh, workshops and intensives for uh, dancers who are interested in in you know expanding their work. Mm -hmm. So it's basically the workshop program. Okay. Um, but we, we, it's called Dance 360 because we really look at the whole person. Um, something that I was, I had, you know, scratched the surface of a little bit at River North, um, but with a partner like Julie, it's just it lives this every day with her company that, um, you know, we don't need any more people who just kick and spin and that doesn't help anybody anyway. Um, so it's Dance 360, we're, but we're looking at your mental health and your f spirit of fun and your physical health and just looking at many 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 different ways that we as humans exist so um really really happy again to do that um and i started that right coming out of river north um so this is the sixth season that danceworks is producing workshops like this and I've been able to to work with Julian Danceworks with Dance360. So we produce a four-week summer program. That's okay. the major thing that we do. And then we do um, day labs throughout the year. Um, and the day labs in the winter and spring can serve as auditions for the summer. Um, okay. But then we've done them different times in June, summer. We did one in September this year. Um, and, and so they, they also serve just as a way for people to get connected with different choreographers or different mm -hmm. teachers or just different training experiences. And um, is this they also, also pre-pro age? Pre, like, yeah, 15 okay. and up. We don't okay. have real young students at DanceWorks. Yeah. 15 and up with most of the students being college age. Yeah. Getting ready to go into a professional career that that right yeah. or deciding if that's what they want or yeah. what aspect they want to go into now it's gotten harder because we don't know what the professional world is yeah because nobody knows what the professional world is yeah um as hard as it was to make it in the professional world three years ago five years ago ten years ago these poor dancers now we don't know what they're walking into i mean mm -hmm. <laughs> they have this passion for dance and who knows what companies are going to be who knows if anybody's going to be hiring nobody's leaving companies yeah um so it's really a whole new world out there so really dance dance work chicago dance 360 is almost <laughs> i'll just say it the perfect opportunity because we don't just teach to one thing or we don't just help yeah. you to be a good dancer we really help you to find your gifts, your other goals, yeah. things you're capable of, that dance uh, isn't going to be your whole life. You're going to be doing other things besides dancing. Um, and that's not a bad thing. It's 
I don't like the like a fallback job because right. you know we know there's no fallback jobs. There's an alongside job, and what you're going to do next job, or and, usually um, more than one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So um, you know, helping dancers navigate feeling good about that. Yeah. That's awesome. And I love Julie. Yeah, thanks. Really, really happy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then add on to your plate, skin tones that you started just this past year, correct? Like just, yeah. And yeah. All of my friends are, are on your poster and tell, tell everyone about skin tones and how that came about. Oh my gosh, Vicki, you are hitting all my greatest hits. <laughs> um, so... As I said before, like as I'm teaching, I like to bring in other things besides just myself. So I bring in books and pictures and posters and magazines and we watch movies and I have ballet bingo and all these other things. And you may have had at your studio, I certainly had at my studio, a poster that like one of the shoe companies had of all the different écarté, efface, attitude, mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. And it was on the wall, so you'd shunny turn to the corner and yep. tondu, and there it was. <laughs> and what a great thing. And, you know, every once in a while, you'd be learning that position, and we'd all walk over to the poster and look at that. And I've always wanted one, and I can't find one. Really? And I, over the yeah. years, I mean, this is over. I've been teaching 35 years. I would look online to see, like, does Block have this? Does Capizio have this? Does whatever have this? And nobody has one. And I always thought to myself, well, I could take these pictures. Like, I have students that could do that. Um, but then I didn't want it to be like where I had, I'd had i have a student and not another student. And and I certainly couldn't hire professionals because I didn't have any money. And I wouldn't want them to do anything for free. So it was just in the back of my head that it would be, I would like to have this poster of all the, uh, the classical ballet positions. Mm -hmm. I have designated 13 of them. Um, then the the energy of Black Lives Matter hit in the summer of 2020. Of course, brewing, there's been problems since the beginning of time. Mm -hmm. But that energy was brewing. And I hope a lot of us, I was one person thinking, well, what, you know, what can I do? What can I do? Um, I can go to the, the drag queen march for Black Lives Matter, which I did. You can don't you know help black owned businesses you can write on facebook you can do i talk to the walls you know they stop caring um <laughs> what can i do what can i do so you know there's that and then um at the same time uh a photographer i know miguel was posting something about a thing he was having and ought you know in one of those sparks it's like what if i did what if i did this poster and had people of different races in it because essentially you know what one of my thoughts is that people like Derek Chauvin maybe did feel threatened because he thinks black people are threatening like that's terrible right like I don't care that he felt threatened he wasn't threatened or yeah. Jason Van Dyke <clears throat> who's getting out of jail next week terrible but yeah. nobody asked me um <laughs> They maybe feel threatened, or other people, they maybe feel threatened by seeing people that are not like them, but that's not our fault. That's your fault that you feel threatened. So what, you know, we, I, I, you know, my thought is we need to help people 
see diversity and see somebody that doesn't look like them as just absolutely normal. People shouldn't feel threatened by seeing people that don't look like them, but like themselves. And I thought, well, I'm a dancer. Like, what can I do? And it's just, it was that mm-hmm. conflagration of like, I just, just, I want to put out there a normalization of diversity. And in this case, it was specifically racial diversity. So people and young kids, I teach, you know, I teach, my studios are 18 and eighteen and under. Okay. So those kids just see people who are black, who are Asian, who are Latina, who are big and strong, who are tiny. So they just see it as normal. Like mm-hmm. that shouldn't be threatening. And so again, it kind of in that same energy that I, I contacted Sherry, like, oh, I don't, is this a stupid idea? Am I going to get laughed at? I contacted Miguel and I said, Miguel, I kind of have this idea. And, and he jumped on it right away. That is a great idea. And so that was in summer of 2020, we started talking about it. And so that's how Skin Tone started. I said, Miguel, I want to have this project. I want to have this poster. I do, I do not feel right about making money off of it. Being from the background that I have, uh, middle class, I'm a white woman. I do not feel right making money off of it. Um, but I want somebody, you know, I rock on. I you can own it. I said, I just wanted to exist in the world and I would like to have a poster. (laughs) This is what I want from this project. Right. And it was right when companies of course had to be cutting dancers and dancers didn't have any work. I also want to hire professional dancers and I want to pay them because it was in a time where they weren't having any work. So that's how it started. So we, Got a he he worked started working with a really phenomenal company called Fractured Atlas, mm-hmm. which helps kind of bring people who wouldn't have the ability to get like non for profit status a way to um, donate money and get a non profit for their uh, people who are donating money can get um, that tax advantage. Um, so he started working with them and we got a couple donors thank you so much to those of you who donated um so we could hire the dancers we got some amazing sponsors um uh, ballet rosa donated the cost uh, the leotards and ruth page donated the space to do it and point people were amazing they donated the point paint to make the shoes match the colors allegra dance boutique donated the shoes um, so the dancers got paid a little bit and they got to keep the leotards and they got to keep the point shoes and they got to keep the point paint. Um, so I was really proud of that little package that the dancers got. Um, and so we did it all during COVID. I don't know how she's <laughs> Pete. Um, but we hired dancers. We did, we did the application and the audition all on zoom. And we did the shoot at Ruth Page Center last, um, we, in March of 2021. And so we couldn't have anybody together. Yeah, uh, Everybody had to be separate. I mean, it was such a puzzle that I put together of like, you can come in and you can be in this studio from this time. You'll come to me for a fitting. Miguel will be on, on stage uh, shooting. We had Catherine up doing hair and, hair and makeup. We had another person doing costumes. OCDiva donated some costumes. Um, 
So it was like, nobody could see each other. So these yeah. dancers all know each other only on Zoom because we never got to like have a party <laughs> or like have a picture. Right. Um, but we did the shoot. Uh, Miguel really wanted uh, the dancers, he really had the idea to have the possibility to have them in costume. Because again, I wanted this poster in leotards that people could put at the studio, mm -hmm. again, as an educational tool to like, right. this is a fosse, this is whatever. And um, he thought, well, maybe some people might want costumes. So I said, you know, it's fine. I, I'm totally open to that. Uh, and again, he was the owner, so I was happy to help facilitate that. So we did the shoot and then there were really so many great pictures and images. And again, because we had to do it the way we did, I had each dancer do a couple of different poses, right? So they did first arabesque and they did attitude, a divan, and they did ponche or whatever. So in the end, there were so many great images that we decided to do, we have actually five collections that people can get like the whole collection of all the dancers in dancewear or all the dancers in costume, or they can get all women or they can get all men, or if they get, any two of the collections, the it's all different dancers doing different poses. So like in main collection, Princess is doing first, or Kara is doing first arabesque. But in the all women, Ka uh, Princess is doing first arabesque. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, because yeah. they were both so good, I had a hard time picking. Yeah. I said, well, I don't need to pick. We can put them in different collections. Oh, that's cool. Um, yeah, it is really neat. Uh, but then for the poster, we did do it's collection one is all is all um, on the poster. So there's 13, like I said, main classical ballet positions. Um, we have six women and four men uh, performing them. And there's a couple um, uh, uh, duplicates. Mm -hmm. um, so like I have Deke doing Ray Ture on Foss and I have Ivan doing Ray Ture a Fosse. Uh, you know, because yeah. I wanted 16, we needed a poster, we needed yeah. four rows of four. 13 doesn't work. Um, <laughs> right, right. And um, so it's it's beautiful. When I, when I saw it for the first time, I was struck by how beautiful it was. And I was so happy. It was, I was also, uh, how do I want to say this? Like it was, I was struck by how normal it looked. Mm. Right, it was, it was, it's all different again races we didn't do right. uh diversity of other kinds but racial diversity and i just said this is just this should be perfectly normal the other reason i wanted to do this uh a really important part of course representation matters little kids should see themselves in yeah. the professional world it's super super important also i want to make sure that kids who are uh in the traditional ballet you know the yeah. European background female that they don't think they're the only ones who can do this. Right. Right. Also, there's going to be kids now in 20 years are going to be the decision makers. They're going to be the ones at the front of the room deciding on who should be in the company. And when they have those, li those lists of headshots all next to each other, I want them to have in the back of their head that skin tones poster and say that that is normal. Mm -hmm. to have this diverse group of men and women and dark skin and light skin and body shape and height. And as they're looking at that 
all white group of headshots to say this this isn't right this doesn't look right to me this doesn't look beautiful to me this isn't the kind of organization that i want to have mm -hmm. so it's for the future leaders too it's for the future decision makers for sure yeah and it's on display in Wheaton right now, or is that... It's on display yeah. at the Wheaton Public Library. Nice. Um, we have three printed up three of the collections. Um, of course, uh, Miguel, the owner, is doing this all on his spare time as well. So we were only able to print up three of the collections. It's you know expensive enough to print up. So right. um, he did three of the collections. So they're there and the posters there at the Wheaton Library. Yeah. Nice. And yeah. Speaking of printing, you have a coloring book. Okay, so Vicki, then. I have a coloring book. <laughs> I know you do, right. So one of the big things, you asked about COVID before, one of the things that happened was I stopped commuting downtown for DanceWorks. Mm. We were working all remotely, all from home. So that was seven and a half hours of commuting oh, wow. time that I didn't have anymore. And I re not, this really wouldn't have happened if I still would have been yeah. doing that. Um, so then skin tones had been going on for a year. We had done the shoot. I had picked the po I had picked which ones I wanted in which, um, collection. Then one of the things I did over COVID was I taught uh, backyard ballet. There was this, a little family who lives right across the way, whose two little girls, uh, like kindergarten and second grade. Of course, they're online for school and the mom I knew and she just said, could you just come and teach them ballet? Like, you know, give them an hour break. Mm -hmm. And so I did that once a week. And oh, I nice. did that from March all the way until like the middle of December. We put parkas on and finally I was like, <laughs> Heather, we can't do this anymore. But we wanted to keep it outside, you know, blah, blah. Yeah. And um, one of the things that I do when I teach little kids is I like to give out coloring pages. Like mm. the different pose, you know, we were working on first position today, or we were talking about dancing in the field today, or we, you know, had a fan and we were doing some, some dancing with the fan today. So I'd always just give it a little picture. So really for a whole year, I had been giving out pictures to this backyard ballet class. And there's, you know, a couple of ballet um, coloring books that I love. And then last March, I, uh, March of 2021, I was doing some subbing. Again, I don't teach little kids like that anymore at, at a dance mm -hmm. studio. Right. Um, but I was doing some subbing and there was gonna be a little boy in the class and I wanted to find a picture of a little boy. And of course I was teaching the class on a Saturday and I was looking on a Friday night, um, you know. Yep. <laughs> uh, so maybe that, maybe that big planning thing I talked about earlier wasn't exactly the case, but I couldn't find any boys. And I have since found some, but in the moment I was so angry and kind of like the skin tones thing, it was like, but doink, this is my work to do. Hmm. I should be doing this. And then of course, you know, all the ideas click in, like, you know what? There's also, it's very, the, the, of course it's a coloring book, so you can color the skin any color you want but there are certain features that are indicative of certain races or certain religions or mm -hmm. genders. So really, you know, the features were all like little noses and the hair was always looked like it would be very straight and the eyes looked very European to me. And so I thought, 
I should do this coloring book with this diverse, you know, group of dancers featured. And not only that, but like dancers in glasses and dancers with braces. And um, I have dancer with a hijab and I should, I could do this. I should do this. I, well, not I could do this. How the heck am I going to do this? I don't know how to do this. <laughs> yeah. And I'm not an artist by any means. So I can't, it's long, long tr- trial, trial and error and thinking like, well, maybe I shouldn't do this. I can't find people to work with or it, it was just a real uh, maze. I mean, I kept getting at dead ends about finding, working with an artist. And um, finally, after like one last call, um, Libby Westra contacted me and she's a wonderful dancer and artist here in Chicago, um, reached out and we connected and, and amazing. So we have this new, another new thing, <laughs> jo- it's called Joy Ballet Coloring Pages. Right now, as of January, 2022, we have 15 available and another 15 are going to be ready in the next, I'd say six weeks. And I love this project. Oh, yay. Oh, my gosh. I mean, it, it was a good idea, but Libby has really breathed life and fun into this, into this work. So it's, it's butterfly sit and stretch. It's legs stretch, you know, pointed front. It's feet together, feet apart. It's, you know, nothing different. Mm-hmm. But what's different is that they are really the features of these dancers are the things I just all mentioned, yeah. which are not seen. And I, I have not found them in, in ballet coloring pages as of yet. Yeah. And like skin tones, you know, some images are really unique themselves, but really it's the, it's, it's everything. It's, mm-hmm. it's all of them. And at one point I thought, well, maybe I should do a set that's all boys, or maybe I should do a set that looks like all African-American kids. And by that, you know, again, you can color the skin any color you want, but you know, there could be like little girls with braids and little barrettes at the end, or, mm-hmm. you know, little dreads or something that's very mm-hmm. specific to a, to an African-American child. Maybe I should do a whole set like that. And then I thought, no, the point is for every child to see themselves and then also for every child to know that diversity is beautiful to mm-hmm. normalize diversity that yeah. i'm going to color me and i'm going to color people who are not like me yeah and that's awesome you know so that's my dream ideal is that kids get to see themselves where they have not before and they get to see other kids that they have not before and the 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 teachers and the kids who I've uh, who I know who have have them have had that experience which makes me incredibly proud and happy mm-hmm. and I can't wait for for more kids to be able to see that um, so I mean and Libby has done an amazing job uh, she has bionic leg we have one little boy who uh, has features of Down syndrome which aren't super distinct but we've put the logo of Down syndrome, mm. not the logo, the the, the symbol. Yeah. Um, so for people who have Down syndrome kids, they know what that symbol is. Yeah. And um, hopefully that's going to be meaningful for them. Um, 
in my life at River North, actually, I was able to work with a whole company D down in Nashville, Tennessee, was a whole company of dancers of dancers who have Down syndrome. Um, so I know that's a group of people that love to dance. And so I yeah. wanted to celebrate them as well. Um, so that's available on sarahrubikdance.com. And um, again, 15 pages now and another 15 uh, with the more uh, grand batma and arabesque and mm-hmm. you know the harder ballet things coming that's, up next coming up soon so, that's so awesome i love it um so you have you're, you're teaching you're doing dance works dance 360 you have skin tones you have a coloring book project and you have a family so walk us through a day how do you get all this shit done <laughs> well you just keep going yeah i don't know i make lists you just, yeah. I mean, I'm not, I get eight hours. I mean, I'm a, I can't go without sleep. I'm not one of these people. Oh, I only sleep four hours. Like I need to sleep. Oh yeah. A lot. Clearly I need to eat. <laughs> um, you just, you do what's important to you. Like I do yeah. what I love and I don't do what I don't love. And you just keep going. Yeah. Um, there is not a typical day. My husband is also in the strange business he's a magician a professional mm, full-time that was magician my next thing. yeah talk about that <laughs> yeah so we met at a gig um we were uh we hired it was st francis hospital in evanston had a big party as people used to have and a fundraiser and uh part of this fundraiser was a chicago um you know old chicago 1920s and so they had dancers and magicians and characters you know the whole nine yards and that's what we met <laughs> and uh he actually he's he's an amazing magician and they had put him behind like a table like thinking people would come up to see magic well they're at a party they're yeah you know so people were coming up and like eating at the table and so he was <laughs> like so i and i was a dancer and so we had our gigs you know as you know we would do a couple you know numbers on stage but then we were to walk around and be part of the ambiance and so yeah. i was like you know how how ambient can i get so i i was looking for something you know to do so i said hey mister do you want to what if i like walked around and then i like introduced you at the table and then you did a couple you know minutes mm-hmm. then we went on to the next table so i was really just looking for something to do <laughs> and he said sure so that's what we did and so we did like we worked together all, all night and the woman we were working for at who was doing uh, produced the party she we had to be in character all night so i was sally sensen and he was fast fingers freddy <laughs> so that's how we kept referring to each other yeah all night we didn't know each other's names oh my gosh um until the end of the night and actually another shout out to Steffi martinez because then at the end of the night fast fingers freddy gave me his card and I, it was, you know, always the end of the night and you're getting it. And I was like, okay, whatever. And I said, Stephanie, that guy gave me his card. And he was, she said, you should totally call him. <laughs> and I was like, I totally should. And so that's, I invited him to actually a River North event. And he wrote back and said, I'd love to come to an event, but that's, that's too far away. Can we get together earlier? And that's what all started. Oh, that's so cute. So here is the question I really want to know. Okay. Do you know, do you know the tricks? Do you know, or does he keep secrets from you too? Like, do you know how the tricks work? I don't want you to tell me. I just want to know if you know. (laughs) 
I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you. <laughs> Got it. All right. Okay. No. So uh, actually, so after, you know, a long time together, like I would ask him, like, how, what the heck how do you do that and then he would go like do you really want to know <laughs> and sometimes i'd go no and sometimes i'd say yes so i know how a very very few things are done five ten percent i know how he does them and i'll also tell you it does not ruin it oh, because okay. then you can really appreciate how they're doing it kind of like a dancer yeah like yeah i can really appreciate i i, I can't believe I, I, I didn't ever see that, the the yeah. trick of it. I don't, how, how did he, you know, do that or something like that? Yeah. And then, you know, how they do it, also the, what surrounds it, the show that surrounds that like particular, mm -hmm. yeah, producing a card or something, but the stuff around it, the patter and the pr production, mm -hmm. the jokes, the story you tell around it is really part of what it yeah. is. Yeah. And so you can appreciate that more because you're not so intent of like what happened to that three of hearts, you know? <laughs> yeah. And wait, and he was at Magic House or where? Let's plug where he works. He works uh, at a really phenomenal place uh, uh, in Andersonville called the Chicago Magic Lounge. Lounge, okay. Yeah, and there's it's a really great place. Um, you can go in uh, and just get a drink at the bar, and that's where you'll see Jeff Bibick Thursday through Sunday. Woo -woo. Um, but they also then have, of course, a stage show. So you can go see the stage show. And then for another extra, you can go into the back room after show, um, to a club that's even smaller and get like a really intimate show. Um, if you have tickets to the stage show, you go in for food and drink and they have also people walking around the tables. So it's really an immersive experience and it's a beautiful place. Nice. They really did a great job. Um, they did not skimp. They are really professional about it. Their love of magic is true and apparent. Um, it's also neat. Like you go into, it doesn't say like the Chicago magic lounge, you go into a laundromat, oh, cool. you go into a little <laughs> storefront and it's, there's literally laundry going all around the things and you have to know the secret way to get in. Wow. That's so cool. And then you go in and then it's just this beautiful, sumptuous, uh, with all kinds of magic stuff all from the minute you walk in, it's really a great place. Ooh, I can't wait to go. Yeah, please. It's yeah. really great. Yeah. Awesome. Thank you so much for spending part of your one probably day off ever with me. <laughs> You're so nice. Thank you so much. It was our very, very, very dear pleasure. And, um, someday we'll like officially talk and meet and elbow bump and, Oh my God, that'd be you amazing. Know, yeah. In person. Soon, It'd be great. Hopefully. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you so much. Thanks, Vicki. Talk soon. Thank you for listening to the Rogue Ballerina podcast. For more information on the guests and where you can subscribe and download the podcast, please visit rogueballerina.com. And you can follow me on social at Rogue Ballerina. Until next time, I'll see you at the bar.